Welcome to the City Light Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online at citylightchurch.com. Today, we're in the final week of our series called Parables. We all love a good story. Whether it's in a movie, a book, or just sitting around with your friends, stories have the potential to make an impact on our lives. All throughout Jesus' ministry, he understood this and used stories to communicate spiritual truths. In this series, we'll explore these parables and the truth behind them. Thank you for spending time with us today, and we hope you enjoy the message from the series, Parables. Welcome to Church Online, everybody. My name is Jason, the lead pastor here of the church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us. It's amazing that with technology, people are joining us from all over our community, all over the the state of Michigan, and all over the world. We're just so grateful that you're joining us today. We're actually going to be wrapping up our series that we've been doing the last few weeks called Parables. And if you're just joining us, just kind of checking us out, uh, what a parable is, is a, it was a creative way that Jesus used to communicate to people that he, that he would be speaking to back in his day. So a lot of times he would use these parables, which were these stories that had a tremendous spiritual depth to them. He wanted the people to really understand and, and get some deep spiritual truths some theological understanding. And so he would tell them in stories because stories are memorable. We can always remember a story, and, and Jesus was a great at telling stories where people could really grasp what he was saying. And so Jesus would use these parables to communicate the spiritual truth, and, and people would understand more what, what heaven was like, what the kingdom of God was like, what our Father was like, and how we can relate to him in the best way. And so Jesus uses all these parables, we've been talking about a bunch of them over the last few weeks, but today... I wanted to kind of wrap up our series with, a, with actually not just one parable, but three parables. Uh, there's a topic that Jesus hit in multiple parables, and I think it's important to, to really look at this topic based on the season that we all find ourselves in. Jesus used a bunch of parables, and he wanted to communicate one really big understanding and spiritual truth, and that is what prayer is all about. Now, you may be watching online right now and thinking, okay, prayer, okay, pastor's talking about prayer. I don't know, I don't really get prayer. I don't know if I like prayer. I don't know if it's for me. I don't even know what to say sometimes. But Jesus uses these three parables to communicate the importance of prayer and for us to really understand what prayer is all about and how we can approach him when we do pray. I I know a lot of people, like I said, when they're ever up against a tough season in their life, A lot of times people will say something like, well, we've done all we can, so all we can do now is pray. Like, 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 like we've done everything in our control. We've done everything that we know what to do. So now it's in God's hands. And oh, Lord, I don't know what he's going to do. And I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. And so all we can do now is just pray and God, please come through for us. And it's interesting because we can take that approach a lot of times when it comes to prayer. We can have the mindset that, you know what, you know, prayer is like our, our, our last resort. But I just want to encourage you this morning that, listen, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. That the first thing that we should do is to seek the Lord and ask for his wisdom and his guidance based on whatever situation we may find ourselves in. That, that, that the Lord's wisdom is true and he will want to speak to you right where you're at. And so prayer needs to be something that's at the forefront. 
And especially in the unprecedented times that we all find ourselves in today and, and this week and the, who knows how long it'll last. We need, we need to really have an understanding of saying, okay, I need to, I need to spend, spend some time in prayer. I need to seek the Lord. Uh, we need a miracle in our nation. We need a miracle in our land. We need, we need a miracle. And I believe that we need to seek heaven. We need to seek God in prayer together as a church and as a community and as people from all over, asking the Lord to do what only he can do because we need supernatural intervention. I don't know where you may find yourself today. I don't know if your job is, is cutting back. I don't know if you're out of work right now. I don't know if, if you, maybe your business is closed for a time being. There could be a multitude of different things that we need prayer for today. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you know somebody who's sick. I mean, we, I can list a, a million things. Listen, we need God. We need God to do a work in our land. We need God to do a work in us and through us. And in these parables that Jesus talks about, it kind of gives us an understanding how we can approach God and, and what that's all about. What is prayer really all about? So the first parable I want to look at with you today is a parable that's actually maybe not that famous. Maybe you've never even heard of this one before. Maybe if you read the Bible before, maybe you've glossed over this one. But it kind of helps us understand how we can approach God. It's called in the Bible the parable of the friend at midnight. And let me set the scene a little bit for you as Jesus is telling this parable. He, he's, the Bible says that he was at his favorite place praying. So he was probably up early. He was probably had his morning cup of coffee. He had a, probably a great look at the Sea of Galilee, you know, just in his perfect place. And it says that while he's praying, his disciples came up to him and kind of were watching him pray. They're kind of like, what is he doing? What's, what's Jesus doing? And, and remember, his disciples, these, these 12 boys that were with him, they actually grew up memorizing prayers. They actually memorized prayers. They, they knew how to pray. But as they watched Jesus, they asked him a very, very interesting question. In Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 2, it says this. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Now, let me stop there for a second. So he's, they said, listen, Jesus, we know how to pray. We, we grew up learning prayers. But as I'm watching you pray, teach us how to do that. Like, teach us that kind of prayer, because it looks like you really enjoyed it. It looks like you were connecting with God. It looks like something amazing. Teach us how to do that. And Jesus responds to that question with probably the most famous prayer ever. We call it the Lord's Prayer. He said to, he said to them, verse 2, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. This is called the Lord's Prayer. And many of you have probably memorized this. Maybe there's different translation that you've memorized over the years. Maybe you had to memorize this in church before. Maybe you, your family used to pray this. Maybe there's somewhere along the line you've heard this prayer. And, and maybe you could even say it uh, without even thinking about it. And so this is a very, very popular prayer that Jesus responds with and teaching his disciples how to pray, but right after Jesus says the Lord's Prayer, he goes into this parable about the friend coming at midnight. 
And he says this in verse five. He says, then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and, and, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I, I love this parable. You know, you got a, a guy coming at midnight and knocks on a friend's door. I don't know about you, but if somebody knocked on my door at midnight, I'm getting my gun. Like, I, I'm I, I, what, you're not, who's knocking on my door at midnight? Like, are you serious right now? Like, I'm telling my wife and kids, get down, get down. You know, like, don't go to the door. Like, I'm army crawling up to the door to, to see who's there, peeking through the windows. And, and I'm like, man, who would be so crazy enough to come knock on my door in the middle of the night? Like, that's just ridiculous. What, do you, what, what are you thinking doing this? And yet Jesus says, this is the kind of approach that we can have with our, our Father in heaven, that we can approach him when it doesn't seem like it's the right opportunity, the right timing. We can approach him in such a way that it's such, we come right to him in, in a bold request in the middle of the night. I love it because even he says that this guy got what he wanted because of his shameless audacity. I love it in other translations, it says because of his boldness, he came to, to his friend in the middle of the night he goes, hey, I, I need some bread. I, I need some food so I can feed this other traveler, my friend that's on a journey. I, I need this. And, and Jesus says, listen, I want you to come to me with that kind of boldness. I want you to come to me with that kind of shameless audacity. I want you to ask for some big things and don't be afraid to ask me for stuff. So if you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to write this down. Number one, be bold in your prayer. Be bold in your prayer. I think sometimes we can, we can just kind of really put prayer down to like we're praying over our meal and before we go to bed at night. And those are good things. You should do those things. But I think God is trying to get us to understand that, that we can approach him. We can come to him with boldness, with audacity. We can ask him for some really big things. And Jesus says, listen, I like it when you do that. I like it when you come and you ask me for the big things, the things that are, that are outside of, of human control, the things that are really coming at me. Like that, that's what I really like. like. Those are the kind of requests I like. And I know that a lot of us, man, we, we need some big, bold requests right now that we have. There's some things that we're asking for God to do right now. And Jesus is saying, yeah, I want you to come and ask those kinds of requests, the big ones. But here's the deal. I think we got to understand that what Jesus is saying is it's all about how we approach him. It's, not, it's about the attitude of our heart that we can approach the throne of grace with a boldness and a confidence knowing that God loves us, he's not gonna turn us away, that we can approach him with that kind of confidence. I love what Hebrews even says in chapter four, verse 16. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God 
There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. I love that. He says we can, we can come to him with boldness, boldly come and, and understand that we're going to get the mercy and grace that we're coming for because we have a father in heaven who loves us. Now let me say this though, we're, we, aren't to, we aren't to confuse boldness with a demanding attitude either. Like we don't come to God like with as spoiled kids that are stomping our feet, demanding that God act for us and do what we want and do what we're asking him to do. Like we're, we're not in control on this one. Like this is God, he's, you know, he, he's God. He, he created the sun, the moon, the universe. Like he's still God. And so we don't come to him with a demanding attitude, but we come with him to come to him like, like a little kid who, who can approach their father or their mother that understands, listen, I know my dad loves me. I know I can come to him and approach him in such a way that he's not going to turn me away. Like just the other night, it was probably about 3 a.m. In the, in the middle of the night, you know, in the morning. And my daughter, she, she couldn't sleep. And so she comes busting into my wife and I's room in the middle of the night. And she comes over to our side, my side of the bed and she's like, I can't sleep. I, I just want to snuggle. And I love it that my daughter has the understanding that I can go to dad at any time. I know he's not going to turn me away. And, and I can come to, even though it's a bold request, I'm waking him up at 3 a.m. I know that I'm not going to be rejected. I know I can come to him. And of course, I said, come on, girl, get in the bed. Let's cuddle. Let's snuggle. You know, it's all good. And, and, and I love that because that's what Jesus is saying. I want you to approach me with boldness. I want you to approach me as as, as a, a loving father and a loving child can come to each other and say, you know, hey, I, I know that my dad's not going to turn me away. I know I can come to him and ask him for some really big requests at times. And I know that God is going to give me exactly what I need. And, and here's the deal. Like, we can all pray some pretty bold things. We can pray some things that are, that are really big and out there. And we understand that God has a timetable and he's working on our behalf, but we can still come and be bold with our requests for him. You know, I was thinking about this, that in a biblical sense, boldness is not a personality trait, by the way. Like, uh, you can be some of the most timid person in the world, a very introverted person, but you can be very bold spiritually. So boldness is not a, a sign of a per person, certain personality trait. But I believe it's a sign of a personal relationship with God. That's what it's all about. So sometimes we got to come to God and say, God, here's where I'm at. Here's what I need today. And maybe some of the boldest requests that you can simply say is just, God, man, I need you. I'm scared in this time. I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out on the inside. Jesus, I need you. And that can be maybe one of the boldest requests that you could ever pray right there. Just, God, I, I I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what tomorrow's gonna look like. Things are so changing in our, in our world right now. God, I need you in this uncertain time and I, and I come to you right now. Like that could be maybe the boldest prayer that you could pray. But number two, the great, another parable that Jesus talks about, another great parable that I think is really, really famous is called the, the parable of the persistent widow. Jesus begins to want to, again, under, help us to understand what prayer is all about. And in Luke chapter 18, he says this. It says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So let me stop right there. So he, this is why Jesus is telling the story. 
to help his disciples, to help people understand, to, to always pray and don't give up when you're praying. He said this in verse two, in a, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. So this is a, a wicked guy. This was a guy that did not know the Lord. He did not even fear God, didn't care what God thought. And he didn't care what people thought as well. He, he had no, he, he didn't care. He's just kind of a wicked guy. And it says in verse three, it says, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Come on, somebody. Verse six, he says this, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, they will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? The faith to persist, the faith to keep going, to keep praying. So if you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to write this down as well. Number two, how do we continue to pray? What is God looking for us when it comes to prayer? Number two, be persistent in your prayers. Be persistent in your prayers. Well, people say sometimes to me, well, pastor, what if God doesn't answer my prayer? What, what do I do? Well, you pray again tomorrow. You pray again the next day. Well, what if he doesn't answer me this week? You keep praying next week. You keep being persistent in your prayers. Here's the deal. Like, in my life, there's a lot of things that I've been praying for for a long time, for myself, for family, for different individuals. And I, and I haven't seen the answer yet, but I am completely okay in trusting in God, knowing that he's got a timetable that, that may not be my timetable, but I trust him that he's going to work everything out for the good. And I can trust him that he's going to continue to do it. But I still come and present my request to him on a daily basis saying, God, I believe you. I trust you. Here's my request to you, God. I'm bringing it to you all the time. And, and here's what the, the, author, or the, the author of Luke wants us to understand is that, is that God is not like the unjust judge. He's not the one that is bothered by your requests. He's not the one that's sitting there and just, oh my goodness, it's them again. I don't want to hear from them anymore. Would they stop praying this stupid prayer? Like, that's not God. Actually, what's happening here is that, is that there's a compare and contrast going on. There's a compare of what an what a unjust, horrible, wicked judge, and even though he's horrible and wicked, he still granted mercy. He still granted the request eventually. And what Jesus is trying to get us to understand is, yeah, even this wicked judge, eventually he gave this widow what she was asking for. How much more then does your God in heaven, who is a just judge, who is a good judge, who loves you, he looks at you as a son and as a daughter, how much more is he gonna bless your life? How much more is he gonna answer you? How much more is he gonna be there for you in a time of need? Because listen, he's a good judge. He loves you so much. He's gonna be there to help you. So, but keep praying and don't give up on this whole thing. And, and be persistent. Keep bringing your requests before the Lord. I remember about five, six years ago when my wife and I started City Light Church, 
There's been a prayer that I have prayed every single day for over five years. And, and, and it's been a prayer for you. It's been a prayer for our community. It's been a prayer for our city. And, and my prayer has been the same. It's been persistent every single day. And it basically sounds something like this. It's like, God, I pray that you draw people to Jesus in our, in our community. God, I pray that you draw people from the north, south, east, and the west, that they would know who you are. You would draw them to Jesus, not to a church, not to a, a pastor, but you would draw them to Jesus. I pray that you would do that. And then, then I pray, I said, God, I pray that you would, you would bind the enemy, the devil, who's trying to blind people right now to the goodness of God. The enemy's out there trying to blind people with offense and hurt and all sorts of stuff out there and to cloud people's vision to see that it's really God that they need. So I pray, God, I pray you'd come against the enemy and like bind him. And I pray that, that people would not look at you as this unjust judge, but they would look at you as just like a father, like a good, good father. The Bible says, Abba, Father, which is basically like saying daddy to God. It's like to, to, that people would view God in such a way that it's not a religion, but it's a relationship with the living God. Like to have that kind of a perspective, to have that kind of view. And then I always pray, God, I pray that you would send life-giving Christians to enter into the pathways of people all over our community, that they would see Jesus in their life, that they would want Jesus because they're just interacting with, with different individuals that are life-giving Christians. And then I always wrap it up and I pray, God, I pray that people would have an aha moment where they go, oh my goodness, like a revelation would hit them that it's Jesus that I need. It's Jesus is the one that I've really been searching for my whole life. It's Jesus has been the answer to the, the questions that I have. And they would have just that aha moment. And I've prayed that prayer for over five years on a daily basis for you, for your friends, for your family members, coworkers, people in our community that don't even know that there's a God in heaven who loves them. So I want you to know today that before I even knew your name, but God knew your name, and we were praying for you, praying that God would do a work inside of you like never before. And I wanted to say to you today, whatever prayers that you're praying and asking God to do, man, be persistent in those prayers. Don't give up. Don't quit because you haven't seen the answer yet. But continue to pray day and night over those things that you're believing for. Be the persistent widow in this story. Be the one who says, I'm going to keep coming to my, my just God, the God who loves me. And he, I believe that he will begin to answer requests when we're persistent. But there's a last parable that that Jesus really begins to, to hit. That this one's a little bit famous as well, but I think this really kind of hits home for where we're at in our world today. It's a parable called the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. What's interesting is right after Jesus shares this story about the persistent widow, he doesn't even skip a beat. Maybe he takes a long breath and then goes right into another story to communicate prayer, to communicate what prayer is all about. And it says this in Luke chapter 18, verse 9. He says, To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Look at this guy. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, 
or even like this tax collector. I fast uh, twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. So this guy, this Pharisee, is talking about how good he is, about his own righteousness, how, 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 how things are going his way, the way he's doing it. He's in control here. But then look what he says next, Jesus does. Because I think what Jesus said next, I think it would have shocked the audience listening to this parable. In verse 13, it says, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So what is, what is Jesus trying to say? Well, one, I, like I said, I believe that he wants you to pray bold prayers. He doesn't want you to just pray, God, thank you for the meal. Like, that's a good prayer, but pray some bold prayers. He wants you to be persistent, that we don't give up just because we're going through a hard time or we haven't seen the answer that we're looking for yet. Be persistent in our prayer. But I think the third, and I think personally the most important one, is that we pray with humility. When we approach God, we, we, we pray with a humble heart. See, prayer is not about asking for things. It's about actually assuming the correct posture in our life to God. And it's hard to kind of maybe grasp the significance of this parable because if you've been in church for any time, maybe you've heard stories about the, the mean old Pharisees and you know, they were the religious people, but yet they were always trying to trap Jesus. They were against Jesus. They were doing all these, these horrible things to Jesus. And so if you've been in church, you know, well, Pharisees, they're religious, but they were, they were bad guys. Uh, but the audience listening that day, man, the, the Pharisees were like spiritual heroes to them. They, they were actually like people that were really doing it right, living their lives a certain way. And they kind of were looked up to and people wanted to maybe be them one day, even though they couldn't attain like what their level of, of religiousness that they were doing. And so people looked at the Pharisees and now these are people doing it right. And tax collectors, on the other hand, Man, they were the scum of the earth compared to, in the view of the Israelite people, the Jewish people, because a tax collector was a Jewish person who went to work for the Roman government and took taxes you know, for them, collected it, but then extorted the, his fellow Jewish people by taking more money than he should so he could line his pockets. So the, the tax collectors were like these horrible people nobody liked, and yet Jesus says, listen, I'm not excusing the behavior of the tax collector and what he's doing, but I'm responding to the posture of his heart, that he's coming to me with a humble heart. He's coming to me in a way that says, God, I, man, I'm, I've blown it. I'm a sinner. God, I, I'm not up here standing in my own righteousness. I'm here because I need you. I need you in my life. Forgive me for what I've done. And he comes with such a humble heart. And I was thinking there's something with this whole humility thing. Because it's easy. We may not never say it or never think it, but a lot of times we can live our lives like the Pharisee, basically saying, I got this life. I can do it on my own. I got, I look how good I am in my own ability. Look what all the great things that I've done. And yet this tax collector says, man, Jesus, I need you. God, I need you. And Jesus responds and says, 
yeah, that tax collector, man, he went home justified that day before the Lord. He went home really justified with God. I love what the Old Testament book, 2 Chronicles verse, or chapter 7, verse 14, it says this. And I think this is a very important verse for the, the day that we're living in. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And that's a powerful verse right there. And I think it's so true for today as much as it was back then when it was first written. But there's two very, very, very important words in that verse that I wanna draw your attention to today. It's the words if and then. If and then. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven. I'll heal their land. I'll heal their land. I don't know about you, but I feel like our land needs to be healed. In this season that we're walking through with everything going on with the virus and Man, we, we need our land healed. We need a supernatural miracle from God. We need God to do something that, that, that only he can do. We need a miracle. We need, to, we need to pray and seek ourselves or seek him, but we need to first do what he says. It says, man, we gotta humble ourselves. And I think today, as you're watching online in your own living room or kitchen or bedroom, wherever you're at today. I think God is inviting all of us, you and, and me included. He's inviting us into the if. He's inviting you into the if. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, Turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear them from heaven. If, God is inviting us into the if. And what does that look like? Well, I think one of the most humbling things that you could ever do is actually coming to the Lord and saying, God, I, I don't have it all. I don't have this all together. God, actually, I need you. I need you in this day. And and the posture of my heart is that of submission. The posture of my heart is that of God, I, I, I've done everything I can do, but God, I need you. I need you in this day. I need you to come through. And I was thinking, what would it look like if in bedrooms and kitchens and living rooms, wherever you're at today, all over our community, all over our state, I mean, we even saw there's thousands of people watching other states and other countries. It's crazy what the technology can do. But what would it look like if people all over began to humble ourselves and actually seek the Lord, sought Him, and, and said, God, I need you. I'm turning. I need you. What would it look like? It's interesting, too, because I read the Bible a lot of times when people would encounter the Lord, 
Remember Isaiah in the Old Testament, when he saw the Lord, he fell face down. He's like, oh my goodness, it's God. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Like he, he had such a reverence for the Lord that he literally went right down to his face. And the book of Revelation, when John, one of his disciples, saw the resurrected Jesus, again, he saw Jesus like, oh my goodness, and just fell face down to the ground, just down, just, it's God. It's Jesus. And sometimes we can live our lives with the attitude like the Pharisee of standing up, I'm in control, I got it. But what would it look like if people all over our world, all over our community said, no, no, I'm gonna humble myself. I'm gonna do something different. I thought about what would it look like if people all over our community today, maybe you're able to do this right where you're at because Jesus is inviting us into the if. What would it look like if you took your kids and your, your spouse, your family, or your loved ones, whoever you're with, or even if you're right there by yourself today, and just say, God, I'm doing probably one of the most humbling postures that I could ever do, is that I'm just, God, I'm bowing down to you. God, I'm on my knees bowing to you. And you may not be able to get on your knees physically today, but I believe you can bow in the posture of your heart today. But what would it look like if you just said, I'm, I'm, God, I'm humbling myself. We need you. We, we need you. I, I need you, God. What would it look like if you just said, God, I need you to show up in this place. We, we need a miracle in our land. We need you to do what only you can do. God, we, we're humbling ourselves. We're, we're turning from our wicked ways. God, save me. I repent of my ways. And God, I, I pray that you would bring answers to the problems that we're facing. God, we're, we're seeking you together as a, as a church and as, a, as believers, God. We're seeking you to say, God, we need you to heal our land. What would it look like if you just took a moment right now and just said, okay, I'm gonna grab my wife, my kids. I'm gonna get down right where I'm at and I'm gonna seek the face of God. And you may say, I don't know really what to pray. Well, you can pray anything. You can start with, God, I need you. You can start with, God, I pray for, for doctors and, and nurses right now who are on the front lines of this whole thing. God, I, I pray for uh, the people, the scientists working on cures right now, God. I pray you give them wisdom from uh, above, God. I pray for our president and, and governors and mayors all over the place and Congress and the Senate, Lord. I pray that you'd give our leaders wisdom, God, that they would know exactly what to do. They would not be divided in this time, but God, that they would actually come together and that we would see a miracle from heaven. Like you can pray things like that and that God, we need you. We need you today. I was thinking, what would it look like if 2020 wasn't known for the coronavirus? What if 2020 wasn't known for the great pandemic? But what if 2020 was known for actually one word? And it's not just one word, it's, it's a name. It's a name above all names, actually. What if 2020 was known for the name Jesus and not for the coronavirus, not for the pandemic, not for the bad economy, not for all these other things and fear but what if 2020 was actually known for spiritual awakening? What if, what if people all over 
said, man, in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of being isolated from my family and friends and my work, is in that moment I met Jesus. It's in that moment that I met the Lord. It's in that moment that, that I humbled myself. I, I turned from my ways and I, I sought the Lord and, and he heard me from heaven and he, he saved my life. He did a work inside of me that was unbelievable. What would it look like if 2020 was known for that instead of all of the fear, all of the negative stuff? I believe that God is able to do exceedingly more than we could ever hope or imagine. So listen, I believe God is inviting us into the if. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear them from heaven. I'll hear them from heaven. I'll, I'll heal their land. God is inviting us to a very, very important time in our world and in our culture today. He's inviting people of faith, of faith in Jesus to rise up and say, it's time to do what God has called us to do. Seek the face of the Lord. So be bold in your prayer, be persistent in your prayer, but pray with humility and let God do what only he can do. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that, Lord, there is no request that's too big for you. That, God, we're praying for our city. We're praying for our community. We're praying for our state, our country. God, we're praying for the world. God, I thank you that, Lord, you love the world, that you sent your one and only son for the world. You love the world, God. And, Father, I pray that today people from all over would come back to you, that there would be a spiritual awakening in our nation, in this world, where people would say it was during the coronavirus that I met the Lord. During the worst time of my life, I was all alone, watching on a TV screen or computer screen, that I encountered the love of Jesus, and it changed me change me. God, I pray you do a miracle in our land. I pray, God, that you would heal our land. With everybody head bowed and eyes closed as you're praying today, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to invite you into that. I want to invite you into a real relationship with the God who is madly in love with you. The God who came to earth gave his life for you so that you could live. Not just live, but live abundantly, the Bible says. If you're here today and listening online and you've never given your life to Jesus, I wanna invite you into that. Also though, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've gone my own way. Man, I've, I've lived my life my own direction. And as I'm listening to you today, I know that I need to turn. And I need to come back to the Lord. I need to come back to Jesus. If that's you, I wanna include you in on this prayer as well. If you're watching online, what you're gonna see in a few minutes is a, a thing that's gonna pop up on your screen that says, I'm giving my life to Jesus. You can click that button when it comes up if you wanna make a decision for the Lord. 
but you can also make a decision right there wherever you're at. So if you're watching and you want to give your life to the Lord today, or you just want to simply rededicate your Lord, I'd love to include you in on this prayer. So would you repeat after me, even if you're at home, just say this, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for coming to this earth for me. Thank you for wanting a relationship with me. Jesus, I've been living my life my own way, but today I completely surrender to you. Forgive me of my sins and save me. In Jesus' name, amen.